Welcome to episode 18 of the Braincast. Welcome back to the Braincast. For the last time. This season. That's this what I meant. This season. Last time of this season. For now. Yeah. To be concluded. To be continued. Yes. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the more accurate That's one. the more accurate That's correct. So here it is, episode 18. This is the final episode of the season, the season finale. Um, and so we've kind of wanted to take this episode and do a look back on well, basically everything we've done in podcast world, but then also in as a as a company, as a board game company, and I guess just do a little bit of a wrap up, see how things are, and kind of go from there. Whenever you were talking about doing this particular episode, I was like, oh, you know, there really isn't much to talk about in terms of what we've done, like as a company, because you know we're still growing and stuff. Um, I hadn't even really realized that we'd been around for over a year and a half, mm-hmm. and I was like. Oh, wow. Time really flies. So it'll be interesting whenever we go more in depth about the stuff that we've covered and the stuff that we've done, Um, not just as a company, but also, you know, with podcasting and stuff. Obviously, this is our first foray into podcasting. So we're still growing. We're still developing, you know, the I don't want to say skills, but like the the feel for it almost. Mm -hmm. So it. It, it, it'll just be interesting to kind of cover everything that we've done and, you know, the things that we've learned from it. If anybody remembers Star Trek The Next Generation, season one was a little rough. Season one was a little rough. But then you gave them a little bit more time and, and it turned out into marvelous. And you give them a little collar. <laughs> give them a little collar. Give them a little time, give them a little collar. Maybe a little Patrick Stewart yeah. going, you know, going on his own there. And yeah, you yeah. got the right mix. While we might be hitting the season finale of of season one here, you know, we've already started working on season two. Um, We've started kind of writing the outlines and we've started um, just looking at the mechanics that we want to kind of investigate, you know, coming up with ideas of of what we want to talk about going into season two and how to grow from there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we actually are also working on a, a game that we're hoping to launch on a Kickstarter. And we're kind of doing a lot of those things in the background. So while it might seem like we take a break here for uh, the holidays anyways, because, you know, always traveling, always doing all that stuff, uh, Brainwave Games will actually still be busy taking care of some business here. We don't we don't take time off too we much don't take for, time off. for that kind of stuff. And we, actually, you're going to be heading to uh, PAX, right? Uh, the conference. Correct. Yeah. I will be heading to PAX Unplugged, first week of December. Excellent, excellent. So Brainwave will be there uh, showing off some stuff. Uh, yes, we will be at PAX Unplugged. We will be showcasing Monster Mash Grand Prix as a playable demo. So if anyone is interested, we're hoping to kind of generate a little bit of buzz with a newsletter, you know, kind of showcasing this is what the game is about. Um, and if you want to have the chance to play it in person, obviously this is our first real big play test with all of the well I won't say all of the but about 90% of like the completed artwork and things like that so this will really show how the game has kind of come together uh, at the table and I think that was one of the things that I wanted to touch upon as as we look back over the last year and a half Monster Mash Grand Prix uh, as it's come a long way from where your original idea was. And I, and, and I wanted to kind of say that that was one of the great things that I, I think for me, as we look back on the last year and a half that I've enjoyed as we have grown as a company is the fact that we've taken ideas, you know, that you and uh, dad have had and said, 
this is where we want to go with the board game and it's been created and now we have these prototypes you know we've done it for three different games and all of them have come out better each time Mm -hmm. and each one have just looked better they've they've played great and i i feel like this monster mash grand prix is definitely going to be the one that people kind of say hey you know check out these guys these are legit Ooh la la yeah this game looks pretty dope. You know, this can, you know, we, I think a board gamers will always say, I can see my game on your, on your game shelf, but I can definitely see that this game should be on people's shelves. And I think they'll have a great time. And I hope that a lot of people are able to go over to PAX Unplugged. It would be nice. Yeah. Uh, we definitely could use uh, all the play testing and demoing that, you know, we can get our hands on. Cause obviously that's kind of, the meat and potatoes of making sure everything works, making sure there isn't anything that's like broken. Um, we did add a few new features, so we'd love to try those out, make sure that they don't, you know, wreck the game flow or anything like that. Um, so yeah, we're definitely looking forward to uh, being there and making sure everything's humming along with the game. Um, it's funny that you mentioned how much it's been developed because. You know, whenever I originally developed it, uh, it, there weren't monsters at all. Like it was, it was basically a straight Frankenstein game, mm-hmm. and you would put together a corpse from three different piles, which is basically the same thing that you do in Monster Mash Grand Prix. The only difference is that they weren't monsters; they were people, and so you would just take bodies of people and put them together like Frankenstein would, and then uh, race them around the track. The only thing was whenever we were developing it and, you know, playing it and stuff like that, we were like, that's a little too serious. Like what that's a little, that's uh, it didn't sort of, it didn't seem to have like any fun value. Mm-hmm. You're just like, Oh, okay. You're putting this stuff together and they're racing along a track. I don't know why or how we pivoted to monsters, but like, as soon as you put monsters in there, I feel like the game just became a lot more fun. Um, we're hoping that, you know, obviously it's fun for you guys. <laughs> as well uh anybody who plays it really yeah anybody that plays it so i think one of the things that a lot of people liked is they liked the fact that basically if i ever had if i had to describe it in one sentence it would be uh frankenstein meets mario kart Mm -hmm. and that seems to get a lot of people jazzed because they're like oh that's so cool you know mario kart in a board game form i was just like yeah that is pretty cool because i really loved mario kart so that's actually where part of the inspiration comes from the fact that there's four different tracks you know and then you can like do them all individually or them all as one big grand circuit i was like that's straight from mario kart baby you know i love mario kart growing up i played it all the time and you just dated us again i just did that's fine (laughs) not the super nintendo version so there you go Oh, good. Just the version after that. Just the version after that. Mario Kart 64, I think it was. So I I was re- I really thought that from where we were before, I was like, man, this, this is just missing something. Like, this is just not fun. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you kind of lean on things that inspired you before to really hammer out what you're missing. What's it been like with uh, you kind of seeing it come to fruition you know as it's been kind of as the artwork has been completed as the boards have come in as the cards have come in how's it been kind of seeing that all come together into a i guess demo or prototype version uh super weird actually (laughs) because not because it's weird because 
sometimes I'll just look at the game. I'll forget that I'm the one that created it mm-hmm. and I helped develop it. And I'm just like, I first had to, I had to force myself to stop and be like, I put it next to the prototype board and I took a picture and I was like, oh yeah, I actually did this. I did this, me. So I think it's one of those things that I, it won't really register because already on my mind, you know, I'm working on I'm working on finishing this one. I'm working on a different one. I'm working on a different card game. So it's like it, it doesn't really stop and I don't really get to appreciate it as much. And when I do, I when I get a chance, I have to force myself to appreciate it. Um, but it's it's kind of surreal. It's, it's a very surreal feeling when everything starts to come together. And I feel like it won't really click until I can get it off a store shelf. I feel like that's everyone's like game design thing. They're it's like, a lot of board game designers, uh, I guess, dream or when they say they've hit it or made it or yeah, something once, like that. Once they, once they are able to buy it, they, yeah. get, they get it. They rip the shrimp, shrink wrap off, shrink wrap off. And, you know, they are able to take it out and look at it. They're like, oh, I didn't pay for this. Like the, the, like I didn't pay someone to make these by hand. I didn't do a publisher to, you know, print these or anything like that. You know, I bought this at Target, you know, and I got it off the shelf and boom, there it was. Yeah. You know, I think that's kind of when you're like, oh, I did it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so it's it's been it's been kind of surreal. So uh, we'll see what happens after we we visit PAX. So what's been I guess uh, if that was kind of how you felt about uh, seeing Monster Match Grand Prix come to life, what's been some of the best parts of the last year and a half, two years of Brainwave Games? Uh, developing games. Developing games. Yeah, I really really enjoy developing games because I like thinking about them in terms of puzzles and mm. they're puzzles I have to solve. So I like looking at things and being like, how can I make this better? How can I do this differently? How can I make this more streamlined? How, how, do, how can I get this to work with this? So it works with this, but not this. Um, I like that. I, I really think that that's kind of, I don't want to say that's where, that's like my wheelhouse, but I, I get the most fun from that. Like any any sort of development, love it. I love coming up with ideas. And now, as a game designer, I'm really starting to see the difference between just taking and modifying existing mechanics and trying to develop your own and make these do something that interact in a way that have never been done before. And I feel like I'm not saying one is better than the other, but they're definitely interesting. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when you start to develop something in your own way, it really helps put an imprint on what it is that you're making. Like, I think Monster Mash Grand Prix is fun. Um, but I feel like developing a game where you have been able to do something that no one else has done before, which is saying a lot considering how many board games there are, uh, I feel like that's one of those things that I'll try and achieve as like my goal as a designer is to develop a game by doing something that's never been done before. Mm-hmm. So we all have different goals as designers, 
but that's that's my personal goal. That's probably honestly that's probably when I feel like I'll make it. When you make something that nobody else has ever made for? Yeah. Like it's it's, it's good that you're setting yourself up I know. for success Th- those, there. Those those nice standards are nice and low. Nice and low. Nice and low. Uh yeah, I would say it's definitely been an interesting year and a half. Cuz once you like go from the beginning of designing to like a more immediate level of design you start to see things a lot more things in a lot more different ways you know before it's just like oh this is a deck builder so i have to make these cards do this and stuff uh but now it's just like what can i do besides deck building or how can i modify deck building how can i accentuate deck building you know how can i make it to where it's more interesting and it's funny that i actually bring that up because i was developing a a deck builder game uh, it was called Dark Light. And so you would go down into like mines and stuff and explore. So it's like it had like a little mini aspect to it. Um, but it was also a deck builder combat game. And you would do it by like chaining stuff. And what you would chain depends on what engine you were running because you're in suits. Mm-hmm. So you could run a certain engine. Now, that's not to say that certain cards can't be played. All the cards can be played. But if you focus more on what your engine relies on your cards get juiced essentially so it's like they can do more damage or they can do other abilities and so to me i feel like that kind of stuff's interesting because not only am i designing a deck builder but i'm designing a deck builder in a way that i don't think i've seen done before where you have something that really runs your there's a reason for your, for you to build your deck in a certain way. Mm-hmm. It's because, you know, you're in this suit and your suit runs on your deck. So you really want to be specific about what you can. Now, obviously, there are times when you're like, there's nothing good out there. Um, but you can always turn those cards into fuel for your suit. So I feel like that's one of those things that where you're designing, you're starting to really try and do things differently and that's kind of where i am uh, as a designer and that's what the last year and a half has taught me is that i have to take these these core concepts and expand on them and try and see what else i can do with them and i think that was one of the interesting aspects that we tried to fold into season one of the podcast of the braincast was to kind of say, you know, here are the, me- the mechanics that I'm using for the games that we're designing, but also the ones that I've seen out in the real world. And this is my thought process on them. And this is what I would have done differently. I think that kind of helped. I think, I think that helped any new designer realize that, A, there's a lot of mechanics out there. And B, just because you have the mechanic doesn't mean that you can't layer it or you can't even try and throw it on its head and apply that into your own game. It's true. And yeah. I, th- I think the podcast, excuse me, the braincast, mm-hmm. I think the braincast actually did help with that because it really forced me to look at what really made the game interesting beyond just the mechanics. Mm-hmm. You know, you have the whole, you know, story versus mechanics debate. Um, but I feel like I always felt like a combination of the two really helped work, mm-hmm. uh, made things work. And whenever you start looking at all these little pieces that add up, you're like, okay, so what is this? I mean, like I started a journal where I was like, what could I do with just dice, you know? 
And I came up with like nine or ten different things. And that was just like based off of games that I had seen. That wasn't even trying to think about how to use dice that had never been used in a way before. A certain way before. So I think that really helped me as a designer because it forced me to evaluate how I looked at these things. And I know we really tried to focus on that more in the second half of the first season. Mm -hmm. The first half of the season, I think we were mostly focusing on like analyzing things and, you know, our opinions on certain games, why they did this a certain ways. We also looked at fundamental mechanics. Yeah, fundamental mechanics, which I think is a very good starting point. It's a very good, you know, uh, base to get people who are interested in design kind of being like, okay, I understand. And so now what I'm really hoping to focus on more in the second season is trying to flesh out those uh, designs. And again, that's one of the things that we're trying to develop. Yeah, uh, I think when we look back at season one, not only were we learning how to do a podcast, we were learning kind of the, I think the mechanics of how that we enjoyed within the games that we've started playing. Cause you know, we've started, we've been playing games for a couple of years now, but I think it's just as you start talking about it, where you go and say, this is the mechanic that I enjoy, or you start realizing that there are certain aspects of games that you enjoy more than others. And so you might be more focused on it. And so from a design perspective, you might be like, well, if I'm enjoying this, which mechanic am I really enjoying? And so you start to break it down even more and you look at it in a more in-depth way and you say, these are things that I enjoy and I think can be applied to a story that I've wanted to tell. And so I think that was a lot of where we were coming from, just trying to get that that analysis of what is makes an interesting game, what kind of mechanics you can use, and then provide that to any new, new designer and say, here are all the tools in the toolbox, go make your game. And my hope is that kind of like you said, in season two, we're able to take that a little bit further. Maybe we bring up a second toolbox or we say the toolbox is even bigger than we thought. And so, uh, you know, for us to just kind of work that in a little bit more, maybe take a, a better look at some of the games that we've enjoyed playing, I think will also be helpful. Um, you know, I enjoyed some of the roundups that you did, uh, especially some when we played the game before you when did the roundup, I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Lost Ruins of Arnak. You're so funny. <laughs> You're so funny. You're Lost so Ruins funny. Man, I played the Road to El Dorado, mm-hmm. and it was pitched to me as like, uh, it's like Indiana Jones. I was just like, oh, okay. But after playing Lost Ruins of Arnak, I was like, that game's like Indiana Jones. I was like, this one... It was okay. I love how often that line is used. It's like Indiana Jones. It's because there's like nothing else really to compare it to. I mm. mean, like I use that for ancient terrible things. I was like, oh yeah, it's sort of like Indiana Jones. You know, you're going and you're exploring temples and every now and then you'll get like some treasure if you can afford it. Um, it's not. It's not. It's not. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's interesting because like you said, we're all trying to learn this. What would you say? Uh, what would you say is probably your best moments from like the podcast? You were the talking best about moments. Yeah, you were talking about learning and developing the the games. Was there anything that really stood out in your mind? I think just not a not a particular like let's say singular episode, mm-hmm. but to me the whole process of just learning the mechanics. Um, like I said, when when we started playing games, it was like, oh, this is an interesting game. 
And then we started the podcast. I was like, let's go into more depth about the mechanics. I was like, okay, I don't know what that means, but let's just do it. And so you start to see, you know, some of your favorite games, you go and say, oh, so the mechanic that's applied to it is worker placement. And then you go and say, but this is worker placement that's connected with a kind of risk it all sort of mechanic or a, you know, dice rolling sort of thing. And so you start seeing all the different elements. It's almost kind of like when <laughs> we always go back to the film kind of mm-hmm. world because just because that's, that's, that's where that's where that's where, that's where we, we came from. That's what we enjoy and stuff like that. But it's like you start to see how the special effects are done or you start to see how they recorded the sounds and then it all comes together and you go, wow, granted, it takes some of the magic away, but mm-hmm it creates almost like a different kind of magic. Like you, your eyes are open and you're like, this is so interesting. And to me, that was, that was kind of the benefit of doing the podcast and learning all the mechanics and, and going more in depth into the games is you got to see a lot more. You got to see how the sausage was made and then you, you kind of make your own game. So I think, I think that was probably to me, one of the biggest pros I would say pros, accomplishments, um, highlights, highlights okay. of the of the braincast. Okay. Yourself. Every time I spoke was a highlight. Was a highlight. <laughs> You're welcome. No, no, that's that's not. I'm, that's not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not that full of myself. So, um, I would say really under helping me understand the mechanics. Whenever we did like a mechanics feature. Mm-hmm. I really appreciated it because it really forced me to look more in depth on at the mechanics and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then whenever I looked more in depth, it allowed me to really try and understand how best I can change these mechanics. So that would probably be the highlight. Hmm. That's fair. I think that also a lot of what we were learning can also be applied to as we were developing for Brainwave mm-hmm. um, as a game company overall as we dove more into the mechanics and we were developing our own games, it was kind of that also for the business side of things, because I'll tell you, I never thought that running a small business was going to be this difficult, <laughs> but it's super difficult. It is super difficult. And so major props out to all the small businesses out there in the world. That's you know? right. Your job is hard. Yeah. There was definitely a lot of on the job, on the job learning, on the job learning, but also I think a lot of underestimation of what you need to kind of keep going forward. Yes, um, probably. Probably, there's a little bit of that. Biggest thing, perseverance. Always need perseverance. Yes, uh, and if not, then hire someone that has perseverance. Let them do it. Yeah, because man, you need that. You need that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> to me, that was that was one of those big learning things as we've done the last two years. You know. Um, applying all the knowledge that we came with to a board game company is easy to do, but then to maintain, learn everything about the board gaming industry as much as you can, and then apply that as well. Um, that takes a lot. So Mm -hmm. while you're still working other jobs possibly. So yes, yes, you are. So kudos to all those people that are doing double duty out there, uh, you know, where they, their dream is to be a board game company and, you know, do that full time. I would say keep going. Perseverance. That's perseverance. That's perseverance. the key. That's the key right there. It's going to be hard, but you just got to keep going. You got to find that nice balance. That balance. Balance. Coming back to season one. That's or right. Episode one. That's episode right. one right there. 
callbacks. That's, that's the way to do it. That's what you do. That's how you end the season. Just the callback. So then, uh, as we look forward into season two, what are some of the the highlights that you want to point out or that you want us to kind of expand upon? I mean, we've already touched about how you want to go more in depth into the games, but what else are you looking forward to as we move forward into season two of the Braincast? But also, I almost want to say season two of Brainwave Games. Yeah, that's fair. Um, it's interesting because I could see uh, a couple things, almost like a wish list. Maybe, I don't know, uh, interviews with game designers. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have to be like famous game designers, just like game designers in general. The less famous ones, the better. That's I right. Say. That's right. I feel like we're all on the same level then. Uh, maybe something like that, or you know, like I said, the helping to develop mechanics that aren't in you know games already and stuff. Um, something like that, or maybe a more in-depth look at how the business is actually run. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we did a lot of the mechanics and the games and the game analysis episodes and stuff like that. But I feel like there's still so much more we could talk about in terms of actual, like trying to get your game from your head to the table. Mm -hmm. Uh, Almost like a, from contemplation to completion thing Mm -hmm. where you really, we really kind of take you through the journey of how a game gets from idea stage to, ready to ship off to target stage, you know? And I feel like looking at, you know, printers, publishers, developers, you know, things like that. I could, I could see us trying to do more of that and get as much information out there as possible. What about you? Uh, I agree with a lot of that. I think the, the desire to interview designers for board games can, I would want to, look for the unique story. You know, there's a lot of times where you go onto a podcast and they're like, I'm just going to interview this guy or, you know, this woman. And you go, okay, you interview them, but why are you interviewing them? And, you know, a lot of times people have interesting stories, but sometimes you just realize they're interviewing them because they're popular, they're trendy, they're popular, they're trendy. They've, I don't know, had one, one success or something like that. And it's like, okay. And so I would want to us to go ahead and look at, more local uh, game store owners, probably maybe, you know, try and figure out how the game industry is doing from, you know, the their local stores here, their perspective. Um, how did they fare during the pandemic sort of thing? Uh, talk to designers, obviously, but, you know, just also when we're talking to designers, hear the stories of, you know, how they grew up and how they enjoyed board games and how that's kind of fundamentally changed the way that they look at the world. Because I think, Game board designers, when you go into this business, it's all about your your passion. You're not in this for money. You are definitely not in this for money. There's almost nobody who comes in going, I'm going to make a ton of money off building a board game. You're so, not buying Teslas off of this, let me yeah. tell you. I mean, maybe there's one or two of them that do it. But yeah. you know, other than that, it's it's when you come into this, this industry, it's you're doing it because you want to build something that you haven't seen in the world yet. And so, and you're not going to get famous off of it. You're not going to make money off of it. You just want to build it. And so to me, those guys, those types of people are, they must have a unique way that they look at the world. And so I'd want to know more about that. And so if we can find some of those designers to come on, that'd be great. Here's some interesting ideas and stories 
maybe some war stories of going to conventions. You know, those are always fun to hear. Of course. Um, but then also kind of taking a look, like you were saying, opening the toolbox and seeing if we can expand it, what kind of mechanics we're looking at, um, how we can do better jobs at layering, a lot of that fundamental. We're going to take it up a notch. So I think everything you said, times two. <laughs> Nailed it. Times three. Times three. We're going to crank this sucker up to 11. I think you just dated us again. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I actually haven't seen that movie. So Well, okay. You didn't. You may not have seen it, but you, you did date us. I did, I did date us, yes. But at the same time, you know, it's one of those things that's just out there. So, like, everybody knows it. I think this brings us... So, I guess this brings us to the end of the episode, which thus brings us to the end of the season. Fair enough. And so, I know from us, we wanted to say that we appreciate everybody that has listened to us for this first season, um, you know, left us comments and reviews, Um sent us ideas for for new episodes and hopefully that when we when we start back up in 2023 hopefully everybody has a good holiday season towards the end of the year yes yes and then uh you join us back up in 2023 as we kick things off for season two we absolutely appreciate anyone everyone that's taken the time to listen to us talk because this is one of those things that i still i still don't understand like why people would listen to me talk. It's the same thing with like designing. It's just like, why would anyone buy a game I'm developing? But you know, you just, you just do it. You just do it. And if you've taken the time to actually listen to us, you have my eternal gratitude because I literally don't think anybody would listen to me. So we appreciate you because you're out there and we love talking to you because we feel like there's just so much to share in this particular this particular area is pretty, it can be pretty taxing. So, and there's just so much information that we feel like sharing it would help. Mm -hmm. So we appreciate anyone that's joined us on our journey for that. Yeah. So then I guess that is a wrap for us. And was there any last thing you wanted to say before we, we end this episode? I will say tune into season two to find out clever right 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 gotta gotta leave them on a cliffhanger yeah so while the podcast might be uh ending the season here uh you can still reach out to us through any of our social media on instagram facebook twitter uh you can go ahead and check us out on the website that we have at brainwave.games so you can still kind of see what we're doing and obviously you guys can always Sign up for the newsletter. We're going to keep that going. So it's on a monthly, I think it's on a monthly delivery at this moment. Correct. One, so, per, one, more, one per month. One per month. So November should be coming up here soon. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to have one in December. And then don't forget, if you guys are really interested in seeing the latest and greatest of our games, uh, if you get a chance to go to PAX Unplugged in Philadelphia in December, you know, go, go check that out. Again, just for the games itself. But you can go see Johnny and go and introduce yourselves and play monster mash grand prix that's right and we love people that come and give us notes or anything like that and then if you want to share on your social media uh, about this particular game that's also something you could do as well yeah johnny likes meeting new people too one of my favorite pastimes (laughs) everybody's got a story everybody's got a story but then also if you let us know that you actually heard us on the podcast and then you came to meet him I think that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Actually. That would be, that would be that, fantastic. That would be really weird for me. Because <laughs> it'd be like, 
don't I know you? I'll be like, probably not. Probably not. I've never seen you. Yeah. I know you. You're that guy from the brain cast. He'll be like, son of a bitch. <laughs> and I probably will say that. I'll probably say, son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. So if you want, if you want me to say that, please feel free to show up to PAX Unplugged. Yeah. So, well, it sounds like that is going to do it for us on this episode. And I guess at the end of this season. So we definitely look forward to you guys joining us. As we continue our wild and wacky adventures into the world of game design. I don't know what accent that was. It was, it was like, it started as one, but I think it morphed into another. So we'll allow it this we'll, time. We'll allow it this time. So we'll see you guys in 2023 for season two. And definitely join us for the new adventures that we're going to have. Sounds like a plan. Sounds like a plan. So until then, guys, happy holidays. I'm host Johnny. I'm host Chris. And happy gaming. <laughs>